This podcast is sponsored by Aurora Packaging Solutions, a global packaging solutions provider leading the transition to a more sustainably packaged future. They specialize in developing packaging and visual communication solutions that reduce the impact on the environment and bring sustainability goals to life. With a focus on partnership and service, they create a custom solution for your business. To learn more, please visit www.orapackaging.com. Welcome to Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors. We are live from SPC Advance in Atlanta, Georgia, with my friend Linda Roman from the Kraft Heinz Company. How are you, Linda? I'm doing great. Thanks, Corey. Thanks for inviting me. It's my honor, and I'm so thankful that we got to meet yesterday and spend some time together on the the Pratt Recycling Tour. That was amazing. My first Murph, very impressive. What what did you think of that? Oh, totally. I thought it was a very clean operation, and I think it was a great example to show everybody the the challenges Mm -hmm. and and see lots of people on the line moving packaging around, et cetera. It's important for us to get down in the weeds sometimes and experience what it's like to deal with the stuff that we create, right? Can you tell us a little bit about your your background and and also what what is your title? So I am an associate director in packaging and R&D, and our focus is on technology unlocks and partnerships that help us meet our strategies against packaging, technology, and sustainability. Well, you and your team are doing amazing work in the world of sustainability. I'm very excited to speak with you about some of those today. Great. So thank you. Can you tell us a little bit about some changes that you're making to be to improve the packaging sustainability at Kraft Heinz? Sure. So we recognize that packaging can have a detrimental impact on the environment and it's an industry-wide challenge that we all have to address. And so we look at ways to contribute to a more circular economy. How do we drive more sustainable solutions and keep packaging in play as long as possible? So we'll focus on material reduction, recycled content, as well as recyclable, reusable, compostable packaging. Excellent. So is there any goals that you've set for future? Yep. Actually, we aim to make 100% of our packaging reusable, recyclable, by compostable by 2025. Wow. And 2025 is right around the corner. <laughs> all, we got just a few years here. Exactly. And, and it's not only focused on the materials, but we also have to focus on the end of life and right. the infrastructure. So when we look at partnerships, we look across the entire value chain. Okay. So we can be partnering with universities or institutes or startups, but also with institutions and organizations like SPC or the Recycling Partnership, et cetera. So an example, if I can share, yeah. is if, if you think about our portfolio, I mean, we have such a vast variety mm-hmm. of packages and products. Yeah. I mean, I guarantee you have packages in your freezer, refrigerator, pantry, and you probably don't even recognize that. Definitely. (laughs) And if you think about all those different types of packages, probably the most challenging to hit our targets and our commitments are going to be the multi-material plastics, flexibles, or rigids. So where we focus a lot of our partnerships on those particular types of packaging, we embarked on a and joined the MRFF program, Materials Recovery oh. for the Future. Oh, I haven't and, heard of that. Yeah, so it's one. Of, it it was 
it was a collaborative. It's sunsetting this year because we were part of it and it's evolving and advancing. But we we were part of this initiative to look at the curbside collection of flexible films and demonstrating the viability of those films to be collected, sorted, processed, and then turned into an end market. Wow. One of the end markets that they identified is actually roofing material. So if you think mm-hmm. about multi-material flexible films, it's very challenging to like cut them up and turn them back into flexible right. films. Yeah. So what else can you turn them into? How do we create not only the ability to recycle them, but mm-hmm. draw that end market to be able to create that market itself mm-hmm. or that demand for that end market is really yeah. important. So what we did is we said, okay, roofing, not necessarily what we do as packaging <laughs> developers, but how, but we do have manufacturing sites. Right. So how can we incorporate those materials into our plants? And so a very talented engineer in our team, Eric Groner, worked very closely with the engineers that build our plants or build, you know, modify the roofing, et cetera. And so they were able to take the roofing incorporated in our manufacturing facilities. So we piloted it initially in 2020. (laughs) Talk about circular, huh? Exactly. Exactly. And it's, again, it's something that we wouldn't normally do. So he, we were able to incorporate it in two manufacturing facilities in 2020. And then in 2021, we expanded it to Granite City, Illinois, and it was 15 times the use of the roofing materials. Wow. So, and and I get excited about talking about it because that's one of the things is, yes, the materials that work in, and get re- recycled and get turned into end markets. And then, but being able to demonstrate and pull that end market through mm-hmm. is important. And those, that roofing material will last years and years, but then it can also be recycled again at the end. Wow. And the other thing is, we, we became an inaugural member from APR, Association of Plastic Recyclers, Residential Film Demand Champion Program. So I don't um, know if you've heard of the Demand Champion Program, no. but they've actually created this new subset of it focused on residential film to help drive that others to be able to look for ways to use that type of material in, their, in their supply chains. So the consumers can join this program to be so, a part of the solution. No, it's not necessarily consumer. Well, it, well, in Pennsylvania, okay. in the pilot, in the, in <laughs> the, the pilot, yeah. yes, <laughs> in, in Pennsylvania, that MRF mm-hmm. collects flexible films and that can be turned into roofing. So yes, consumers participate within that region. Yeah. And absolutely. It, it sounds like it's going well so yep. far. So do you feel like that could expand to other locations? That's the that's the hope. And so what we've done is we've joined the Recycling Partnership Film and Flexible Coalition. So how else can we look at MRF's material recovery facilities like we saw yesterday? Yep. And we saw that they were not very excited about films, right? <laughs> they didn't want them at all. They did not like how they but, wrap up on the rollers, right? Exactly. So, yeah. But they always get them. So how yep. do we get ahead of that and work with other MRFs to be able to identify ones that are already collected? Yep. Can we help them find an end market? Right. And and if we can help prevent them from having challenges of it getting tangled, but mm-hmm. collected in a way that turns it into something else and creates a positive end for it, right. I think that's just that's what we're trying to do. I was in I was impressed with the tour and how they said that some of the plastic they recycle goes to carpet liner. Yeah. Or, or the the bottom layer of carpet. I thought, wow, that's brilliant. They're turning plastic bottles into carpet. 
Well, it, it's interesting because yeah. everyone thinks, oh, PET bottles. It yeah. goes right into PET bottles. Some of it does. Yeah. But carpets are big and also like textiles, like jeans. Right. I've bought jeans that were made <laughs> from recycled bottles as well. Clothes, it's carpet, it's roofing tiles. I mean, there's so many uses. Trex decking is a, somebody I've interviewed in the past. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal, the things we can do yeah. with this material. Exactly. Yeah. Well, well done. I wanted to talk to you about your, your work with Loop. I interviewed Tom Zaki and he told me a story about your craft Heinz bottles, mm-hmm. the, the ketchup. And all, all they had to do was change the adhesive on the label to turn it into a loop container. That's amazing. So it loop is something that we, we started in 2020 in UK. And it's an opportunity to take this iconic yeah. Heinz glass bottle Mm -hmm. and enable consumers to really make it reusable to be able to be refilled and cleaned and filled again. And I think it really speaks to how we can address our commitments and looking at this. And what, what we'll do is we'll continue to look at ways to pilot, whether it's through Heinz products or other products in different regions. Like you said, there's so much to do. Yeah. (laughs) How do you choose what to focus on next? We have a ton of things to do, (laughs) I will tell you. A lot of what we do is we look at our current portfolio to say, what what are the challenges that we face? What's right. what's going to be important to hit our 2025 plus commitments? But it's beyond the commitments. We have to keep doing it. We have to right. keep focusing on transforming our portfolio to be reusable, recyclable, compostable. So there's there's lots of work to do. And what I'm learning is people are coming to the SPC and and places like this and and collaborating with each other. Are, are you finding that spirit with other companies? Absolutely. It's collaboration across the entire value chain. That's why I love this space because it's just, you know, we're working side by side with other brand owners, Mm -hmm. but then with the upstream resin and packaging converters and retailers. And what I also see is the, you know, SPC sustainable packaging coalitions working with APR, Association of Plastic Recyclers, TRP, the Recycling Partnership. So all those acronyms are working together <laughs> because at the end of the day we're they're helping set these the guidelines for the industry right and i can't meet every individual different guidelines they all have to come together to have a holistic way of helping brands like us and industries like us hit those targets absolutely exactly well said just perfect it's we must work together if we don't i think it will take 10 times as long. And so this is this is what I'm hearing from most people is that, you know, even competitors are working together mm-hmm. saying, oh, well, have you tried this? You know, what do you think of this adhesive? What about this substrate? It's really cool. Well, I have to quote Keith Harrison from Recycling <laughs> Partnership, who I think you should probably get on. This. Okay. <laughs> but she always says, we're all in the bid together. Yes. So if we're all in the bin together, we have to work together to make it. Very true and very poignant. You look in the recycle bin or go to a Murph and it's all the brands. Mm-hmm. So we gotta we gotta do this. Exactly. I wanted to talk to you about PCR. I know that's been a a, a goal for most and especially your company. How are you instituting higher PCR levels in your packaging? So PCR is always a challenge when it comes to direct food contact, right? right. So we looked 
to lever mechanical recycling first where yep. possible. And then we can look at alternatives from chemical recycling or advanced recycling. But we will look to reduce, continue to reduce our use of virgin plastic more and more. And how can we do that with, with recycled content? Right. So important and so challenge, you know, like you said, even the cardboard material for Kraft mac and cheese is food contact. I was like, well, I didn't even think about that being a challenge to make recyclable or out of recycled material, mm -hmm. but you need to. So by the way, my kids love that stuff. <laughs> it's always good to hear. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> do you have a favorite Kraft Heinz product? Well, I am a Heinz ketchup Oh my gosh, oh, me too. we can't, we can't, there's <laughs> no way we can be out of it. that and craft mayo without. We went camping one time and we forgot to bring ketchup. I was like devastated. Yeah. This burger is terrible. <laughs> so I knew I liked you. We, you we, this is why we get along so well. Exactly. <laughs> can you, do you have anything else you want to tell us about anything new and exciting coming up or? Um, we've got a lot of work ahead of us. We've yeah. got more coming out that we can talk about soon. Yeah. We've done a lot of work to pilot and test new materials so Good. we can learn and things like loop and other, other things that we've talked about that we've been testing. Yeah. It's really, I think this whole industry, what I love about it is we're all not waiting until we get that final, okay, we're going to launch it full scale because we all recognize that we have to test and learn in industry. Yeah. Um, so more to come. Yes. Exciting. Yeah. Well, thank you again for your time. Yeah. It's been an honor to meet you and get to know you and learn from you. So thanks you so much. Too. Thank you. How do people get in touch with you if they want to, or you and your team, I should say, if they um, want to help or have questions? Yeah, they can certainly reach out to me. I am on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. If that's easy for everybody to probably access and I'll be yeah. happy to, to connect and, and love to always love to learn. This is an industry that I learn every day. Me too. Yeah. hundred percent. Thank you, Linda. Appreciate Thank it. You. This episode is sponsored by Specrite, the first purpose-built platform for specification management. So much has changed when it comes to packaging, and there's a new book to help you stay ahead of the curve, The Evolution of Products and Packaging, written by longtime packaging executive Mr. Matthew Wright, helps you unpack industry trends and explains how you can use data to drive packaging innovation and sustainability. Download your free copy today at specright.com backslash book. That's S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T dot com backslash book.